Life Audio. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home. Hosted by founder and CEO of SPED Homeschool, Peggy Ployer. Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student. For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. Today, we are going to talk about how to shift teaching to unlock your child's learning potential. Maybe you know what that is, maybe you don't, but a lot of us know that we have kids that could probably do and strive and be a lot more than they actually believe in themselves or we know how to pull out of them. And so I'm super excited about this conversation as we're kicking off a new month here on Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We're talking about alternative ways to help your kids to kind of get to those learning life goals that maybe traditional therapies don't always help in. And so today we have Mandy Frost with us. Um, Welcome, Mandy, and thank you for joining us on Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Thank you, Peggy, for inviting me. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, so Mandy works as a, a coach, and we're going to talk a little bit about that and and what um, coaching specifically is. Um, but but I always love to start out my conversations by by just. Um, having my guests share a little bit about themselves so that our audience can get to know them. And I would encourage you also, as you're popping on, I see we have quite a few viewers on already, um, just to share this with somebody who maybe is at a stuck point with their child. I know a lot of people usually after the holidays start homeschooling and maybe they're at a place where, what do I do next? <laughs> this is a great conversation for you. Um, and so, so make sure you, you share the, the link off of YouTube or Facebook, wherever you're watching from. And then a comment in the feed too. We'd love for you to be part of the conversation if you're joining us live. So, um, so Mandy, to get us started, can you share with us a little about your home? homeschooling journey and um, how you got started? Sure. Well, I have three sons. They're now young adults. Youngest one is 22. Oldest one is 26. So it seemed like a little while ago. We're just saying to Peggy before the interview, it was about four and a half years ago when I ended my homeschool journey. So when we began uh, many years ago, we we were living in Zimbabwe, Africa at the time. And I always wanted, yeah. we always wanted to homeschool our children. We wanted to, we didn't want them to be in the educational system. You know, we wanted to bring them up, let them know what our, you know, Christian values were. And right. so it was something that we always wanted to do. And um, it was, 
you know, when we when we finally did homeschool, it was it was really quite challenging because a lot of people in our area didn't actually know what homeschooling was. We were very very wow. few families yes. who were homeschooling at the time, and so it was quite a daunting. Um, you know, I really felt a lot of conviction, but I had to have a lot of courage as well. Right. To do something that That's I a great words. <laughs> really believe God was showing us to do, and right. um, it so it took a lot of courage. It, you know, but we, really our conviction was really what got us through and to actually start it and not be and be okay with um being sort of like almost alienated in a sense because we really were true. as far as other people you know thought we were kind of doing our children a disservice you know and, right. and interestingly what I was always asked when I started we started homeschooling our children was well are you a teacher and I right. constantly got that that question, and I'm like, well, yes, I am a teacher. God has equipped me to be a teacher to That's train a great my children. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. But I think also with regards to that, people didn't really know what it was, and particularly if you are sitting in a school box where this is how I was taught, this yes. is how I did school, this is how education works, and so it's you know you need to be a teacher in order to teach your children. So that is the mindset. Uh, mostly of what people don't really when people don't really understand what home education is right yes it, it's a very different animal than just taking a school and putting it in your house and and so yeah so it, it, it's a it's a common thing for people to ask you know are you a teacher and i i know i i know a lot of teachers who started homeschooling and they said actually that did them a disservice <laughs> because it was so hard to get like you were just talking about mandy that idea of school out of their homeschool because it, it just is completely different. I know you're going to be talking a lot about that, so I'm not going to elaborate anymore um, on that myself. But but it's, it's a very common question, and I would love just to, for our audience to really know, use Mandy's answer when somebody asks you that question. <laughs> yes, I'm equipped. God gave me this children, these children, and I have everything I need to teach them. <laughs> So, and it is so true. Um, and you will find that over and over again as you just um, trust in his provision to, to do that. So, um, did you always, I mean, I guess from the answer to your question, you probably didn't always feel confident in your homeschooling efforts, maybe even at, at least at the very beginning. What um, did you, um, did your journey look like in, on how you gained confidence from when you started throughout the years of your homeschooling? Yes, and I didn't have that confidence in the beginning. I did feel those doubts because I had that, well, I I mean, I knew God had equipped me, but I still had those doubts because am I, can I really teach my children how to read? Can I really do what I need to do to get them ready for the real world? Yes. And so it was, it was a learning experience and I had to recreate and redesign how I wanted education for them to look like and I knew that I wanted them to love learning I wanted them to be inspired I wanted them to you know find their interests and learn from real life um, learning on the farm where we had a lot of um, you know we had you know Uh, nature in our backyard Mm -hmm. so I really struggled I struggled for many years I have to be honest of trying to balance the you know, how much desk work do I need to do? Like you've obviously got to teach them the reading right. skills and the basic math and how do I balance the fun part and the desk work? And it, it wasn't yes. really easy. And, and as, and because I wanted them to make connections with what they were learning with regards to their desk work, if you like. Yeah. 
with regards to, you know, applying those skills in the real world. And so this is what I was trying to, you know, I want them to always enjoy learning, but there were times when they didn't. They were little boys. They yes. wanted to go play in the backyard. They wanted to go make forts. And that's what they did a lot of. You know, they, they ran right. barefoot. They hardly ever wore shoes on the farm. And it was... <laughs> just a real boy's world for them. Right. And so when I used to call them in for some desk work, I often used to get, you know, resistance. And so I really struggled with that because I also, what I also discovered was when my two older, older boys had learning, learning differences and, you know, dyslexia, ADHD. Right. And I actually, that really was hard for me because I thought, well, what am I doing wrong? Hmm. You know, how that come is they such can't a common question. Yes. can't read like everybody else, and you know, starting to compare, comparing right. my children to my my friends' children that who were at school and they could read better, and I had this this doubt in yes. myself, and so it's a journey that we all go through, um, and so it's just going through that and trusting the Lord, and so what I also did was I, I did a I did a um, a learning. Uh, a special needs certification through the UK oh, okay. to see yeah. if I could help my kids with their difficulties. And actually that was a good experience for me because I realized that I didn't need it. I didn't need to have done that, but doing that just gave me the confidence in realizing that what I was doing, I was on the right track. I was giving them hands-on awesome. experiences. I was baking with them, cooking with them, showing them, you know, multiplication skills through, right. through real life work and I, that yeah. is really the multi-sensory is is really what what I was already doing and so it was you know when that, then my third my, my my third son when he was reading autobiographies at the age of seven it was a, <laughs> a wonderful you know thank you lord just for this confirmation right. that it's okay it's yeah. okay they're all at different phases they're all you know different developmental you know, exactly. areas of their lives, different learning abilities, and it's okay. You know, yes. just back from that and be okay in that place. The Lord has given you each unique um, your child, and right. they're each going to learn differently, and it's okay. Absolutely. And that that is such a good point. And we do, we start comparing and we, you know, all the fears and all those things, you know, start coming up. And um, we, we do we put it all on ourselves and what a confirmation for you to, to be able to go and to get some training and just say, yeah, you're doing, you're doing the right thing. And also that third child, that that was the exact same experience I had. My first two were the struggling ones. And my third one was like the one who just kind of like started speaking in sentences before she was nine months. And then yes, asked for books at, you know, the, the week she turned three and, and started school and just like, okay, <laughs> What do we do with this child? I, I knew what to do with the first two after a while. After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive back into this conversation. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home. It is that, oh, you know, it really isn't all me. It's it's just every kid learns at a different pace and, and it's okay. And um, just to confirm that for our listeners, because I know a lot of them struggle with that. And um, we, we put those doubts and those fears and then the anxiety in our, our homes raise up too. 
and it doesn't make it pleasant for all of us. But um, but to embrace that that barefootedness and and running around on the farm, I love that. Um, so I'm sure you have some some good stories to to share from that. Do you have one that you want to um, to to just share a, that is a favorite of yours? Oh my goodness, there's so many. We had uh, that. Well, what that they loved to do was go outside and look for butterflies, look for caterpillars, and watching them. You know that metamorphosis. Oh and we yes. Had our our micro- microscope there. We had lots of chameleons in our backyard and hmm. insects, and we had ducks and geese and rabbits, and so they were always exploring and just having a look to see what new creature they could find. And then one of their favorite things, because of course. We had a huge backyard. I mean, it was, we were right. on a farm and I often couldn't find them if I wanted to <laughs> call them to come and do some work. And I had this little bell that I had to use because otherwise I have to be shouting for them or looking right. for them because we had these huge big rocks that they used to climb. I used to go hiding wow. and, you know, well, where are they? They need to come and do their reading. And so I had this bell that I used to ring and then they had this, this, this funny, this, um, game that they used to play with me is they used to come in and then hide under the desks to see if I could find them. And I used to pretend I couldn't find them. And I'd go into the little schoolroom. We had a little schoolroom there with all uh-huh. our activities. And I'd be calling them and saying, where are you? And they would just thought this was really funny. But meanwhile, they were hiding under their desks. And so oh, they were hilarious. just full of, you know, mischievous little boys on the farm. And we had a lot of fun times. Yeah. You know, that that fun factor is so important. And, and just being able to kind of go with with uh, you know how carefree kids are and and to go at that pace we have that ability as homeschoolers and we don't often embrace that because we we let that anxiety the, those fears overcome us but just to to say yeah that this is a game and and we're we're just gonna you know go with the flow school will get done um and but also that we can't forget that our kids look back on those and my kids were reminiscing we were on vacation this last week and we also lived on a farm during those formative years of my boys and um my daughter and and the stories that they then shared with their friends when we were sitting out by the campfire of those experiences was so interesting to hear from their perspective, not, not ours. And, um, and the things that they remembered and, and really cherished from those times. And, um, and so sometimes we get so caught up in, you know, can we get that, that list done, those, these things finished. And we forget that these are things that are formative in those stories that our children are going to be retelling themselves throughout their lives. So, yeah, so if I could just add one more little thing yeah. is, is, you know, your listeners, if you could just read to your children, mm, you know, every yes. day as often as you can, that those were our golden moments. I mean, we used to grab a book uh, and go and read outside or they used to journal while I re- read to them. And they have some very fun memories with reading. Sometimes the book is so exciting that we just read it for the whole week and that's all we do. <laughs> And I honestly think that that helped their vocabulary skills. Oh, absolutely. Um, actually, my oldest son, he actually developed very good multisensory um, learning abilities, particularly with auditory, because he, he listened very carefully to what I was saying. And right. also what I discovered, and I did a bit of an experiment, where my children had to move around when I read to them because they couldn't keep still. When they, right. when they were keeping still, then they, they, they weren't focusing. And so I let them sit on a bouncy ball or do things yeah. that weren't, weren't 
um, they didn't need to concentrate, like like coloring in. Doing a puzzle was a little bit, if they had to concentrate too much doing something and they that's wouldn't good. focus. Yeah, right. And so let them move if that's how they learn. In fact, that's how they learn the best, especially with kids with ADHD. Let them move around. Let them, you know, you'll ask them questions. They, they'll be listening to you a lot more. And, yes. you know, in the conventional school system where teachers tell the kids to sit still, they're focusing so hard and keeping still that they're not focusing exactly. what the teacher's saying. So they actually lose concentration. That's very interesting when yes, you, when you that try is. that and experiment with your children. Yeah, that asking the questions just to make sure that they're, you know, still there, um, but but allowing that freedom still, that that kind of mm-hmm. give and take, it, it can do wonders, especially for those kids, like you said, that are a little more active and, and have a hard time focusing. But, but that's, um, that's a great point. And, and yes, those books, um, story time, that mm-hmm. is so special. Um, you know, and I guess that, you know, just the way that you individually worked with your students is, is probably a little bit of what we're going to dive into. But I wanted to start out by asking you, you know, that what's the difference between coaching and teaching? So teaching, if we go right back when we have our children, when they're little, obviously we've got to teach them right and wrong. We've got to train them up in the ways of the Lord. And we have to, right. you know, right from little, teach them how to brush their teeth, tell them not to cross a busy street, don't touch a hot stove. You know, we're constantly teaching them, training them, telling them what they yes. need to do and what they shouldn't be doing. And so you're in this teacher mode and, you know, we're giving instructions. Um, and then what happens is when our children start to grow grow up and become a little bit more independent, you know, whether it's, you know, going from five, you know, five, five years old, they hopefully they can stop brushing their teeth on their own. And so you need to take a step back and then start to sort of start coaching them. And so the difference is, you know, you're moving from, you know, telling them, giving your opinions, giving your advice, making suggestions. These are my ideas. Let's do this to asking them the questions what do you think we should be doing? So you're creating right. in them a space for them to figure it out, a space to also challenge them to do the things that they should be doing. Perhaps they're forgetting to do their chores. And so the, the shift that I talk about is there's a time when you need to move away from the boss parent manager where you're constantly telling them or on their case to mm-hmm. being more of a curious coach where you're asking them, where you're inviting them, you're inviting more conversation and getting right. them to problem solve with you. Mm. And, and, and often what will happen and depending on the ages of your children is you're going to be moving between the two. Obviously there's times when you teach them, there's times when you train them and tell them what they need to be doing. And there's right. times when you get, to challenge them as well. Um, oh, and that's, so that's, that's kind of a great, sh- like, gradual sh- progression there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's Sorry, gradual. Me... Yeah, no, that's no problem. And so it's, the challenge is, is where we want, where we should be coaching them and we're teaching them, where we should be in the coaching uh-huh. mode. And that becomes when you, it affects relationships with your children, when you, constantly are feeling like you have to be the parent to the rescue, you know, mom to the rescue, parent to the rescue. I've got to make sure they do their chores. I've got to make sure this, and it, and it right. doesn't, you know, it's, it's making that shift in also helps create more relationship and more space. I could yeah. talk more about some examples as well on that. 
Yeah, it's that's it, and it's hard because we get so into that when they're younger, that teaching mode, to then transition and to, to really let go and and to make that shift from the teaching and or even to know the the difference of when do I do this and when do I do that. Um, I'm such a a black and white rules type person <laughs> that those sometimes are really difficult for me. So I'm hoping that you can elaborate a little bit more on that. And I'm sure, sure you will as, as we talk, but um, what does coaching specifically look like and how do parents actually coach their kids? So this is a very big conversation for the time that we have. And so I want to just try and keep it um, as, as, simple as I can with regards to, okay, so I'm supposed to ask them questions. So let's start there. Like what kinds of questions am I supposed to ask them? Um, And so let's, let's look at, you know, what I always say is the types of questions are important. So I say, you know, try and use the what and the, and the how questions as opposed to the why questions. I'll show you more about how that works and then try and use more open-ended questions questions where it's not just a yes or a no Um, and also using questions where because you want to try and hear more about what do you think you want to get to the heart of your child you really want to hear them and so you're asking questions like you know what else should you be doing or how else how are you feeling or what else could be another solution to this so what else how else those are wonderful little questions that you can use because you're wanting to always get them to tell you more as opposed to you doing all the talking all the time. Right. right? So, yes. so God gave us two ears and one mouth and often we, we use our mouth way more than our ears. And so coaching is the shift from saying too much and listening more okay. and giving them the space. And so if we use it, yeah, if we use yeah. an example there with regards to, um, you know, when I said try not to use why questions, because why questions can be, um, more judgmental and when you use a why yes. question you are putting them on the defensive they immediately feel like they need to defend themselves so let me just maybe give yeah. you an example would that be helpful okay yeah that'd be perfect so if you have a child let's say you have a child who's often late for things or perhaps you're going off to church and there's possibly a child in your family that is I want to say almost always making the family late for church or late for right. events <laughs> Let's maybe use that example. And so what you would be, when you are in the boss manager kind of teacher mode, what I also didn't say is you are focusing in on solving the problem. That is your main focus. We've got to be, we've got to be on time where the coach mode is looking at, okay, let's see how, let's look under the surface here, under the iceberg to see uh, what else is going on. Yes, we want to solve the problem, but what is going on with the child? What are they struggling with? And so you're trying to understand. It's kind of like instead of the immediate solution, we're looking at the long-term solution here and getting to the bottom for the whole thing. (laughs) Okay. I like like how you summed that up. (laughs) And so you would be, you know, so what you would do in the boss manager mode, problem solver, uh, parent to the rescue, you'd say, why are you late? Why? Often what parents would say is, why are you always late when we go to church, right? Right. Obviously, we shouldn't use the word always or never, but sometimes we do that because we get frustrated. So you would say, why right. are you why are you late for church? And it's almost like now they've got to get the defensive. Now they've got to yes. get the defensive. They feel like there's, you, you're in judgment mode. And more than likely, there's going to be some kind of blow up 
of some sort when you're in this kind of mode. And then right. what you do is then you problem solve for them. And depending on the ages of mm, your children, yeah. well. so this is where you need to decide you know, how you would do this. But then you'd say, why are you always there for church? You need to do this. And then you solve the problem for them. You need to set your alarm clock or you need to have breakfast earlier or you need to make sure you don't, you know, shower for, only shower for 10 minutes. And so you give out the the solution. And what yes. normally happens is, is that does the child really learn from that? You know, yes. is, are you helping them create more like responsibility, accountability? Not really. And so often it affects the relationship as well. And it makes the parent more frustrated. Right. Yes. So we want to move away from the why question and the problem solving mode and the curious coach. And what that would look like is you would, you'd want to maybe give some empathy first. Well, I know it's really hard for you to remember to be on time or to be on time because some children really struggle with that. It's an executive function. There's a time management. There's a whole lot of other things going on here, which we, we, you know, that's another whole conversation. So, you know, a suggestion of what that could look like is the empathy. I know this is really hard for you. I know that you struggle with time, you know, but how can we, how can we find a solution to helping you be on time? That could be one way or what is, I mean, you, you more than likely know what it is, right. but you want them to actually say it. Like what is, what is distracting you? Um, exactly. And you might, you might know, well, they're waking up early and it's, but give them, let them say it because then they can find the solution for themselves. And it is just, it creates a lot more invitation for, for a conversation. Yes. And so what could you do? So that could be a question. What could you do to make sure you're on time? And if it's a younger child or a child that maybe doesn't really have any ideas of like when you're asking what is your plan, they won't always know what that <laughs> exactly. is. Yeah. We say, how about we, we figure this out together? How about we brainstorm some ideas and then as a coach, you would always ask the question, what do you think? So try if you make a suggestion, how about have a what do you think at the end? Just helps them to invite them for their ideas and their buy-in, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense because it's um it 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 allows you to facilitate, but it also allows them to be part of that conversation instead of, like you said, always on the defensive. Um, and and really, a lot of times they just haven't fully thought that out. And it's like you're scaffolding the conversation to get them to the point of a solution versus just saying, "Okay, I'm going to have you make this leap from here to here when you're in a stressed out moment." <laughs> and none of us do well with that. We don't problem solve well when we're under stress or under a time crunch and um so that that totally makes a lot of sense it's it's just very difficult like you said but at the very beginning we're stressed and we're frustrated and so we often shift to that other mode of i'm just going to solve this problem let's just get this done we got to get get moving so yes a lot of sense Yes, and also when you are coaching, it also helps you to calm down as a parent because, as you said, you know, we can't rationalize in the moment. We can't rationalize when we emotionally, we're late again, we're stressed out. And so, you know, what I do with parents as well is I show them how this works with regards to when do you have this conversation? In the moment is not a really good idea. It's something you would think about. It's something that you will have a planned coach conversation Mm -hmm. where then you would talk about it afterwards. Maybe you've now, you know, gone to church, you've come back and say, Hey, do you mind? I think we should have a conversation about 
you know, how we can get to church on time. What do you think? When would it be a good time to talk about this? Especially if it's a very older teen, you want to give them a chance to think about it and hey, when should we talk about this? Right. Inviting them into that conversation because it's something that you need. And, and then you are arriving more calm. You planned your conversation. You planned those questions. I show parents how to do that with regards to what right. does this conversation look like. And the whole thing is you want to be the calm coach. You can't be a curious <laughs> yeah. coach or coach parent when you are you know, angry or frustrated. And so we're, we're coming right. down those emotions. You can't make those rational decisions. Um, and so that is part of, you know, looking at that, that whole thing, but there was something else that I wanted to say, because with this conversation, you also wanting to not just get them. Obviously the self-awareness is, is a very big part and yes, going back huge. to, they may not have the solution and that's okay. Let them start thinking about what the solution is. Right. It's okay. Sit in there. Well, I don't know what to do that. Sit in that for a bit. Be, com- be okay with right. being uncomfortable in the I don't know because you are helping your kid with self-awareness. Because as parents, we're, oh, we're good parents. We want to solve. We want to, we want solutions now. It's okay to not just and I'm, I found so that very yes. hard personally for myself. Like I have to deal with it right now, but no, I don't have to. Right. So what I also show parents is connect before you correct, because yes. obviously if you have to tell them something where correcting them in the moment, they're, they're, they're hitting their younger brother. Obviously you've got to tell them, oh, you can't do that. So right. about, you know, when, when it's not urgent, we don't need to teach them the lessons right then and there. And, and yes. I have to say this to so myself true. over and over again, even now, just be quiet, think about it, come back to it. It's okay. You don't need to deal with it right now. And so that I just yeah. want to encourage parents. It's okay to just come back late, come back and then do the correction. That's so true. And that was a lesson I learned as a, a young mom too. I was raised in that, you know, the, the, the punishment comes right after, you know, whatever happened and that timeout period, I, for the, I just struggled that that was not the punishment. That was the calm. That was what we just needed to think. And then when we came around to the being calm and having the discussion was then we talked about the consequences of what had happened and how much more profound of a teaching experience that was when we could have that conversation calmly and really look at it from the perspective of, of having thought about it um, and just what friction that caused or, you know, whatever had happened. Um, and we, we talked about, you know, just how, how was that disobedient to God's law, disobedient to other people, you know, and, and having a really fruitful conversation with my child versus, you know, just putting the hammer down and saying, this is wrong, this is what you did, and, and this is what you should have done, instead of they were part of it. But I, yeah, it was, it was definitely a hard shift uh, from me um, in my bringing, upbringing as well. Yes, and that was one of the things I I didn't do very well when my children were growing up. I really didn't. And I, I didn't use these coach strategies with my children. And so I tell parents, I didn't do these things. So it's, it's never too late to start coaching your child. I get to do these now with my young adults. And so my husband and I, you know, we have these free conversations about, hey, how do we go about this conversation? What do we say? You That's know, so good. And we kind of hold each other accountable because – you know, we, we, we tend to hand out the advice and we just got to take a step back right. and talk about it so we're on the same page. And that's really important. 
Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And just going back to consequences and, you know, so when you're going back to the conversation and you're saying, okay, so what are, what are some good ideas? You know, what, what could you be doing? And maybe your child is saying, well, you know, I can set an alarm clock for, or two alarm clocks to get up, or I can make sure that I'm having my breakfast by this time so that, or I make sure that I'm showering by this time, whatever solution they come up with, you want to also hold them accountable. You want to help them to follow through. And so that is often the hard part as well. Right. And also knowing that they're going to fail at it again. They're going to make mistakes and it's okay. Give them some grace, but have a plan that you're going to, you're going to come alongside them in helping them to follow through with what they said. Because now when they're saying the solution, it's also very powerful. When they say, I'm going to do this, right. now it's their words. Right. And, you know, I talk a lot about also the, the regular check-ins to see how is it going, you know, what's working, what's not working here, right. what could you do differently? And so you're constantly coming alongside them with regards to that. But also a lot of the time is, you know, you wanting to, you know, there's coming up those consequences, you know, I talk about three different kinds of consequences. There's a natural consequences and the parent determined consequences. And then right. I also talk about as a coach, depending on the situation is maybe those mutually agreed upon consequences. Oh, and so for yeah. example, a, an older teenager, you say, well, what, what is, what is going to happen if we're, if you're going to be late for church again? Like what, what, you know, what do you think? would happen and and sometimes it's the natural consequences and you can get them to think about well how does this affect the whole family when you're late for church right um and just talk about you know what is that going to look like what do you think should a consequence look like in this regard and just see what they say and i find you know with regards to um i find a lot of parents will use one consequence, a main consequence to deal with anything that they do wrong. And this just creates a lot of resentment. And a lot of the times right. I find it comes to, well, just take the device away. Use social media, use technology as a punishment. And that really, it, it doesn't fit the crime, obviously, yeah. unless they have abused the the their tech uh, privileges. Yes, then it fits the crime. If I say right. crime, it doesn't sound like a very nice yes. <laughs> The behavior, should I say. Right. But, um, so, you know, when you use just one one consequence, it creates a lot of resentment. And so exactly. we just be careful of that and just say, what do you, so when I was just using an example, when I was coaching um, a student a couple of months back and he was really resentful because his parents always used technology or his devices, take away the device every time he, he did something he wasn't supposed to be doing. He was very resentful. I said, well, what would you, what would you have chosen as a consequence? Just for just curiosity. And he says, well, I would have done everyone's chores for the whole week. And so I said, well, how would that have felt for you? How would that have been for you? And he said, that would have been really hard for me. Like genuinely speaking, he said, that would have been a really hard consequence because he wouldn't have actually had time for his his devices because he'd be so busy doing everyone's chores. But he says, that would have been better than to take away my devices. And it was, I think also just he felt a bit of um, almost like a power struggle where, 
Right. They use it as a, as a power tool over him. And I think that just created a lot of the resentment. And so just to encourage parents to have the conversation about what do you think could be an, a, an, a consequence in this situation and just get curious to hear. It doesn't mean right. they're going to get let off or you think, well, then they're going to think of a really easy consequence. Well, just that the point right. is to just hear them, just hear what their thoughts are. And that's really what coaching is, is, is what are they thinking? What are they feeling? And what right. are their ideas? And even if they came up with something that was rather minor, because my kids would do that, because that's what I did. Um, and I'd say, does that really fit to re-honor the person that you just dishonored through this, this whatever you did? Um, and of course, they say no, because it doesn't. And or just, you know, what what would it take then? And and so we would have that back and forth. And you can, but it, it opens that door, like you're talking about, Mandy, um, that that we need to start opening instead of just saying closed, done. Um, Lisa, who's watching, um, she she said, yes, I always use technology. That's all he cares about. Um, hopefully this will just open that conversation for, for you too. And um, there may be other things that your son cares about that, um, that, you know, just... And like Mandy was talking about, they're, they've, they've got so much going on in their, their heads and um, just to, to get in there and, and to allow them to see just um, how else they might be affecting other people in their household, too. So, you know, our conversation is on potential and unlocking potential um, in our, our children, um, homeschooling, and, you know, just in general as a parent <laughs> in our kids. Um, how can coaching and the things that we've already been talking about unlock that potential in our kids? Well, I use Proverbs 20 verse 5. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, and a man of understanding will draw it out. And that's really yes. what we're doing is we're opening the doors for communication because coaching is communication. It's a, it's right. a much deeper way of connecting with your child, of really hearing and listening what is going on beneath the behavior. Right. And it is about getting them to feel heard, feel seen, you know, and to really just get get down and curious as to what is going on. And so really that is, that's going to unlock potential in many areas with exactly. obviously relationship, you know, as you are showing up more calm, but also it's unlocking potential in the parents as well, because now it's, it's so about, true. really it's about my change because as I ask, you know, you also helping your child to coach themselves with that self-reflection, with that self-awareness. We're right. asking ourselves as well, you know, when we becoming coach parents, it's like, okay, so what do I need to change? What am I not seeing here? Absolutely. What does my child need from me? How can I be the parent that I mean to be? Because very often we become the mean parents that we don't mean to be. Because oh, I've we're heard showing that so many times. This, yes. <laughs> This frustration of just, you know, we do, we get frustrated with the things that they do. And it's, we yes. want to, so it's about, you know, it's when we can change the way we are viewing them, the change our lens, if you like, our perspective. Yes. Um, we're going to be looking at more of the things that they are doing right because we're focusing Absolutely. on the things that they're not always doing right. And so it's like taking that step back and seeing them the way God created them to be, but also challenging them in, you know, we're wanting them to change their behavior, we're wanting them to also see their sinful, their sinfulness, their sin, and exactly. we're wanting them to 
to come closer to the Lord in in their difficulties as well. You know, obviously right. there's grace, there's forgiveness, but we always we want to model the behavior we want to see in our own children, and that is yes. the hard part. Um, but it's also encouraging because when we mess Absolutely. up, we are going to mess up. Is we say, you know, it's wonderful because we can restore. God yes. is God is. Yeah, we can say, please forgive me. I messed up. Yes, I'm. You know, I've I've done this wrong, and and. That is a conversation to have as well. If you anything is absolutely, if you being convicted of anything, it's like, okay, Lord, what do I need to look at? That is that I need to start changing myself without the shame and the right. blame and the you know just go through that and say, Lord, help me with this. And we all have our difficulties, and forgiveness goes a long way and restores relationships. Exactly. Yes, yes. I've been studying just about how the, the heart of Christ is gentle and lowly and just how I need to to be that gentle and lowly, forgiving person um, in all of my relationships. And, and you know, it's, it's very convicting that um, that judgment wants to come out, but but yet to meet somebody in their their hurt and um, their struggles and say, let's let's go through this together. I want to carry this weight with you. And that's that's a whole different perspective, but that's really what you're talking about with coaching is that we aren't saying, well, look at what you did and here's some more baggage to add to that. And, and let's, you know, let me fix that for you. But no, I'm just going to walk alongside you. We're going to have this conversation and through, you know, these questions that you've been, been leading us through, I can see that we're offloading a lot of this, you know, problem solving, the the skills that we as adults have developed probably better than our kids um, and teaching that, those concepts as we're walking alongside them. How biblical is that? <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. So, um, so yeah, we had a couple just, questions. Yeah, go, why don't on. you go ahead? I was going to say we had a couple questions from um, from viewers who submitted them ahead of time, and I just want you to know that when we send out our email blast on Monday nights, the day before the the broadcast, we allow you to do that. So if you're not on our email newsletter list, make sure you go to our website at spedhomeschool.com and get on that list, um, so that you're getting those regular emails and you can submit your questions ahead of time. Um, you can also go to our broadcast um, schedule and do that for broadcast way ahead of time if, if you'd like. But but we had two viewers submit questions that um, that uh, Mandy and I talked about ahead of time, and I'd, I'd love for her to address because they, they do very much fall into this, um, the conversation we've been having. Um, and the first one I want to share is from Amanda R. She says, what do I do with my feelings, fears, and stress about homeschooling? And how do I get more cooperation from my children without making them feel bad by putting guilt on them? And I know this is kind of a recap of what we've been talking before, but do you want to specifically address that through some of the things that we've talked about and anything else you have to add? Well, definitely, you know, using coaching strategies with regards to helping them with more cooperation is really asking them Sorry, let me go back a step. Often what happens there as well is what are the expectations? Are they aware of what your expectations are? That's are you good, clear yes. in actually what you are expecting them to do? Maybe they can't do the things that you're expecting them to do with regards to executive functioning skills or just remembering to do their yes. chores or there may be some difficulties that they that they are struggling with. And so coming alongside them, knowing is it is it is it clear? Is there with regards to chores, do they know exactly what they right. need to do and what does that look like? And so again, you can you can have that conversation is 
I mean, yeah, that's a, that's another whole topic, and and helping them with with consequence, as we've spoken of as well, is helping them right. get on board and what that looks like as well. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, so great, great summary of what we've already talked about as an answer to that question. Um, and then we have a question from um, Elizabeth B. who asks, how do I stop being a box checker <laughs> to unleash my kids from standards? And how common is that? But, but I'd love to have your answer on that one. Wow, this this is this is a great question. It really is a great question. And so it's it's maybe is is take a journal. I would maybe suggest and really pray about like what are those boxes that you wanting to tick off? You know, what are those things that you really want your kids to do? And then just ask the Lord to just show you which of those which of those boxes could you maybe not be ticking, or <laughs> yes. what does that look like with regards to? Um, expectations again you know what are those standards and and there again right. it's also a big topic because we have different personalities and we have right. you know parents who are maybe they perfectionists or what kind of personalities or maybe kids have different personalities as well and so trying to communicate in ways um you know, maybe even doing the doing the love language. You know, there's you can search oh, yeah. Chapman right. love languages and see maybe connecting with them on on that level. What is their love language? How do they feel valued? And what's it got to do with your box checking? Just be curious about how right. that fits in, and just journal your thoughts and ask the Lord to show you what that looks like. So hopefully that that helps. Yeah, absolutely. And I know when we started this conversation too, you were talking about you know just that comparison with, you know, other kids that maybe went to school or, you know, we often do it still with, with homeschooled students too. Um, and, and so those standards that we hold ourselves accountable and we almost feel like we have to make more boxes to keep those standards um, from falling away from us. Um, but, but I love how, you know, you basically dispelled that myth. I, we can get rid of the boxes and still, you know, have have kids that um, that really live out their godly purpose. And I would love for you to spend just a little bit of time talking about, you said that you are a very entrepreneurial family and that your kids have fallen suit with, with, um, with that. And so I'd love for you to share with just how did you share that with your kids? And then just as far as like modeling it and how has it affected them and their post homeschooling choices? Yes, well, you know, bringing them up on a farm back in Zimbabwe, we had our own business and we were always wanting them to think about being the producer, not the consumer. So we use that phrase quite a lot as they were growing up, you know, instead of always playing the video game, think about creating and designing the video game. You know, what are the needs around you that you could make you, what do people need? What are their, you know, how can you create your own little business or something that you can rather be the producer. And so we, we often had yeah. that little mantra, if you like, or phrase that we brought into our homeschool. And then right from little, you know, we didn't believe in, I mean, everyone's different, all families are unique, but we didn't believe in like giving them pocket money, if you like, or money for, the only time we did give them money was when they learned to skill. So for example, reading, we used to encourage them reading with as many yeah. books that they could read. And we had some sort of formula and that's how we gave them money for all the books that they read. And so that's, that's what we did. But every yeah. family's different. But what we had was, you know, they had to always 
you know, earn, you know, find, we also had another little phrase where it takes hard work to earn nice things and to appreciate and value that those things cost money and they have value. And so we never bought them phones or computers or anything like that. They always had to save up. And so as a result, we always encouraged that. And so you know, when, my, when they were when they were much younger on the farm, they had this little store that they used to go and sell to all the the community around them, and they would go and you know sell to them. And my my younger one would also bake cookies at from about seven or eight, and he used to go and sell his cookies and his baked goods to the nearby oh, awesome. coffee shop. And so we always encourage that, um, and also just regards to. Um, appreciating those things, learning the value of things. But also what we did was the other one that we spoke about a lot was you only have a credit card to build your credit score, not to spend money that you don't have. And so it's building your credit score is about being a good steward of, you know, being a wise steward of what the things that God has given you, because that is really you know, that is what, that's what you have a credit card for because, you know, one day mm-hmm. they would have their score for their, you know, going to get an apartment or buying something right. and have a good credit score. So those are the kinds of principles that we implemented with them and modeled ourselves. And so as a result, my oldest son has his own online business. He, it's very much into marketing and digital technology i don't know exactly everything that he does but he has uh, contracts with various companies to advertise for them on his channels and that sort of thing he has his own business and then my youngest son is at college and he is putting himself through college with you know he has his own website design company where he does building of websites for people and then the other son my middle son is in construction and he's working for a company and right now he's talking about possibly going out on his own, maybe buying houses, doing them up, selling them. And we also try to tell them that you need to upskill yourself, constantly skill yourself. And you can learn on your own. There's so many YouTube channels to watch and it is just so much at our fingertips to learning all those skills. And so I think the, the bottom line here is whether they end up having their own business or not, you want to try and give them that, that entrepreneurial mindset that to that the possibilities of what they could do they won't necessarily always may not always work but that they're constantly thinking about um you know how could i make this into a business right yes and our our kids did the same thing i mean i think just having your kids on a farm they you know they learned us we sell eggs we made soap we <laughs> you know you just do all those things um and it, it's such an experience but um but it does build within them that that curiosity of what could i do that wouldn't be traditional um as far as you know i just following the the script of we do school, then we do higher ed, and then we get a job. And I I know that dynamic is changing a lot. um, And a lot less people are taking that that avenue. But um, but I think homeschoolers really kind of set that trend of, you know, really helping your kids find that curiosity. And and I just, you know, hear that through your questions and the conversation that we've we've had today is that um, that coaching can really help us in that pursuit of helping our kids to really know how to critically think through a lot of those things that um, instead of just programming them, this is your next step. This is where you go. Um, it's kind of like the the long-term version of what we're trying to stop 
as they're younger and in, in giving them the answers and, and just helping them, you know, lo- later in life. So, um, so I applaud you for, for just, you know, I'm, and we had this conversation before we even started, but home or parenting young adults is so hard. <laughs> and so if you can start this, these coaching types of things when they're younger, they'll be ready for these conversations with you. And, um, and they really do need sounding boards. Um, so to be that parent that is there um, and who's already worked on this, um, I'm sure that you probably appreciate, um, you know, when, that you started this at least before, you know, your kids got too old. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it's a learning journey and it's, it's, it, we're going to mess up. We mess up right. and we say things we shouldn't. And so it's, it's a constant, you know, as the Lord, you know, shows us, as the Lord changes our hearts, as we learn to do it better. And, you know, it's, it's just as we're building relationship and connection and that's the most important thing. Absolutely. Yes. So true. So I would love for you as we, we wrap up to share a little bit about um, some of the resources that you have for homeschoolers. I'm going to pull up your link here. Um, so Mandy's website is mylifecoach360.com. And then if you go to slash resources, this is where you're going to find some of the things that she's going to talk about. Yeah, so there's a couple of resources that you can take a look at. And I the, the one resource is called Connecting with Teens. And it, it doesn't have to, even if you've got ch- younger ch- children, um, I, I give you a couple of tools that you can use. And we've been talking about awesome. um, with regards to what that looks like, what the questions look like. And so you can go ahead and download that um, if you would like to know more about what that what coaching looks like. Um, you know, I coach, I coach individual coaching, parents, students, I do group coaching as well. I have memberships for parents that they could join as well, learning these coaching techniques and trainings on how to do that. Um, I'm also in the process of launching a homeschool program, which I'm very excited about. So if you are interested in learning more about that and getting very good launch um, discounts, you could, you know, just go to my website and, you know, you could hear more about that, but it's, it's really about um, transforming family essentials with regards to building relationships and healthy habits on truth. It's really awesome. also helping them in their faith as well as they, um, you know, building on the solid foundation of Christ. Right. Yeah. So important. And um, in the, the world that we live in, all the more important. <laughs> so, so yeah, so you're, um, so definitely check out um, Mandy's um Resources again. Her website is mylifecoach360.com, and I know our our podcasters. Um, you'll see it in the description um, of the podcast, as well as on the YouTube channel. Um, and then for those of you watching the video, that's you can see it on the screen. Um, so, Mandy, thank you so much for all that you've had to share. Um, Lisa said, "Ladies, thank you." <laughs> so you are welcome, Lisa. We appreciate you joining us. Um, for, for this conversation. And, um, and yeah, thank you for taking time, Mandy, you were traveling this week and you, you just said, I'm going to do it while I travel. (laughs) So I appreciate you doing that and taking time out of your, your time away. Thank you, Peggy. Thank you very much. If I could leave two questions, can I do that? Leave two questions for parents? Yes, absolutely. just as a see what the Lord is showing you, just these two questions that I like asking is what do I need to let go of? Great and what question. do I need to embrace? 
What do I need to let go of and what do I need to embrace? And so just take some time with the Lord and just ask him to show you what that looks like. And that could be maybe your next step is to where do you go from here? And I hope that encourages you. Oh, absolutely. Those are those are questions we need to be asking ourselves all the time. <laughs> Maybe build that absolutely. into your, your weekly um, digest for your planner. Um, and and yes, very, very good. Um, we, we often grab onto things that we, we shouldn't and we don't pursue the things that we, we should. And um, so always putting that before the Lord and, and asking what should I be doing and what shouldn't I always, always good because our, our tendency is to fall into things that sin drags us into <laughs> instead of what the Absolutely. Lord does. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so this was a wonderful conversation, Mandy. Again, I appreciate your you're joining us. Um, and for the viewers out there, thank you for watching um, or for listening. If you're listening on the podcast and I do encourage you to check out um, Mandy's website and, and all the resources that she has, we're going to continue this theme next week. Um, actually for the next three weeks, uh, we're going to be focusing on these alternative ways to, um, to help your students who may be struggling, stuck um, through some very alternative therapeutic methods and coaching definitely is one we don't often think of that and so I hope that this conversation today really helped a lot with that we're going to talk about motivation next week and I know a lot of you send questions to us about how do I get my child to actually do this and and you know have their mindset changed and I know coaching will definitely definitely is the beginning of that and our guest next week is going to talk about how do we fix intrinsic motivation in students it's that that inner motivation that our students have. And so we're going to kind of delve in just a little bit deeper than we did this week with that, those, those core values our kids have and how do we start, start changing that around. So you'll want to join us back for that conversation um, next week, uh, same time and same place. So, so thanks again. Uh, thank you again, Mandy. And um, thank you to our audience. And again, send in questions ahead of time. If, um, if you have them for um, motivation, um, be thinking about that one, that question as well as you go through this week and questions that you have for our guest and, and send them in to us. So um, have a great week, everybody. God bless. And we'll see you back here next time. Bye, everyone. take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.